0: We're looking in this series about how God can use stories to bring scripture alive. And that's exactly what we see in the life of Jesus. Jesus told stories to make spiritual points. And the reality is every single person in this room has a story. The person next to you right now, they got an incredible story. You may know some of it, you may not know any of it, but they have an amazing story. And this assignment for today is to look at what happens when your story... Includes pain. I'm just curious. How many of you have had pain to enter into your story at some point in your life? Come on, raise your hand. The truth is all of us have had pain as a part of our stories. When I graduated from high school, I was really excited. I was going to be able to go to Evangel College at the time, Evangel University now, and play college football on scholarship, and I couldn't believe it. I thought, man, I'm going to get to prepare for the ministry, prepare for going on full-time ministry, and football is going to help pay for my college education. This is just unbelievable. I was so excited. Right out of the gate, my freshman year, I injured my back, and I thought it was just going to be a year-ending injury, not a season ending uh, or, or a career ending injury so to speak i thought it was just going to be for the season but uh, as i did all of my physical therapy and rehab it it eventually became very very clear that if my back was ever going to get better uh, i was not going to be able to keep playing football because it just was going to need uh, a break from that type of just uh, you know aggressiveness and, and physical sport man i was crushed by that I was crushed because I loved playing football. I was crushed because it was helping pay for school. But also in my mind, I had already connected dots that I thought were from the Lord on how he had given me athletic ability and yet he had called me to preach his word and he was gonna use those things together. I thought that I was gonna be able to speak at sports camps and summer youth camps as an athlete and they would wanna know just about sports, accolades or different accomplishments like that. And then through that conversation, I would be able to point to Jesus that's what I thought so now when I have this career ending injury in my mind I thought there goes my ministry I really did I thought who's gonna ask a dude to come and speak at a camp for no reason you're just a guy like yeah just come and speak like I don't have a platform now That's what I thought and so I was discouraged by that but I thought man because of just the the reality of my pain I have no choice I have to stop playing football well, the pain did not get any better, and so finally we stepped up uh, just the, the testing and the medical consultation. Instead of just trying to rehab and get through it, I went and saw a doctor who said, you, you now need to get an MRI done. He does an MRI, and, and it reveals that I have a ruptured disc at L5S1. The doctor says, this is a classic textbook case, we'll be able to take care of this with your surgery and uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be back, you'll be fine. Not necessarily to play football, but you'll be free of the pain. And so I had my first surgery and the pain didn't go away. It got worse, I had a second surgery. I had a third surgery and finally I had my fourth back surgery and it was a total disc replacement. So after physical therapy, after steroid nerve block injections in my back, after four surgeries and a total disc replacement, I had to acknowledge the reality that my back pain had not gotten any better. And instead, because of scar tissue, because of nerve damage, because of degeneration of the disc, I was now living with chronic pain. It was no longer just an injury, but it was something that was staying with me. Extremely discouraging. Didn't know what I was going to do because you don't want to just keep going and have more surgeries, but I'd been to see surgeons, doctors, and specialists in North Carolina, Kentucky, Alabama, Missouri, Arizona, and Texas. And at this point, I was having to acknowledge there's nothing else that we can do. My doctor, in an attempt to help me cope with my pain, his only alternative or option in his mind was just to increase the medication and treat it with medication. So I was taking anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers, narcotics. I was taking different combinations of medications, and when this didn't work, we would try something else. When that dosage wasn't providing the results that I needed, he would just increase the dosage to the point to where my entire life, my daily schedule was built around me taking my medicine. I was taking so much uh, OxyContin and or hydrocodone to where I literally, it wasn't that I was getting relief from the pain, but I was just living in a fog that helped me to forget about the pain. And then six months later, a year later, it wouldn't be providing the same amount. And so the doctor would increase it again. By the grace of God, somehow, some way, I wasn't addicted to the painkillers. Matter of fact, I made a real effort to take less than what the doctor always gave me room to take. I was looking for any victory that I could find, and that was a small one, but I latched on to it. But while I was not addicted to painkillers, I was extremely dependent on them. So much so to where I would stare at my watch, I would look at the clock to decide how much longer until I can take my next painkiller. That's the way I was living. I'd gone from being able to lift weights to where now I could not lift my child because of the pain. I'd gone from running up and down the football field or the basketball court to where now I could not walk at any uh, considerable amount of, uh, of distance without the pain becoming so excruciating I'd have to stop and sit down. So going out to eat was, was not even interesting to me. I didn't even consider it an option. Why? Because I didn't want to be seated at the table because I knew after a few minutes, I couldn't take the pain from just sitting there. It was affecting every area of my life. It was affecting my sleep. It was affecting my attitude. I was working hard for it not to, but you know how powerful drugs are. I not only had just the fog that comes with all of the drugs and that altered state of mind, but now I had the side effects that would come from the drugs. I knew as I was watching the clock and waiting for the next, I could not get on an airplane without the medication being timed just right to where it doesn't wear off while I'm on the airplane. It was a mind battle for me. I would get anxious over, like I can't be stuck on that plane and unable to take another painkiller but that first hour when you would take one it was waiting on it to kick in the second and the third hour would be the the time to where the pain doesn't go away but your mind is is foggy to it or it's dull to where it doesn't have at least the the full effect of the, the force of the pain then that fourth hour is when I would come down from the narcotics I was irritable the pain was coming back The headaches were coming on. I'm sure I was a real blast to live with. I don't even want to know how much my wife and kids had to put up with during all of that. All I knew was this is not good. I don't like the path that I'm on because year after year after year, the pain not going away, the prescriptions just climbing and the dosage becoming more and more. My wife was watching what it was doing to me. She watched how my life was controlled by it in so many ways. She knew what it was doing to my internal organs. And one day she asked the doctor, she said, this can't be, I'm seeing what it's doing to this can't be our long-term solution. Like if he keeps taking this much and especially if he lives another 15, 20 years and you continue to increase the dosage or else he has all of this pain, like isn't this gonna kill him? And the doctor said at this point, to manage Scotty's pain, it's not a matter of whether or not we're focusing on the quantity of life, but the quality of life that you want him to experience for however long he's here. Basically, he was saying, yes, it's going to kill him, but this will help keep the pain subdued somewhat until he dies." How many of you guys know that did not sit well with Mama Bear? How many of you guys know that was not the answer she was looking for? She realized and I realized we cannot keep on on this path, and yet I had exhausted everything that I had known to do, well-meaning friends and family members. Everything. Man, when you get sick, people hit you up with all kind of remedies, right? So I was rubbing on creams. I was wearing magnets. I was changing the sole inserts, you know, on my shoes. I was wearing electric stimulation, you know, packets and, and pads and nerve blocks, anything that I could do. And nothing was helping. Only becoming more and more independent on the medication. And I heard about this pain management program at the Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic is world renowned in the health industry for being on the cutting edge and insightful in in, in their understanding of medical practice. And so I went and I spent the time and the resource to check in for three weeks there at the Mayo Clinic. Checked in and one of the first things they said to me is that with your type of pain this is now chronic pain not acute pain and because of what you're battling with and what you're going through this medicine is no longer helping you It's actually making things worse it is exasperating your situation it is compounding your pain and your problems the first thing that we want to do is to get you off of the pain medication and that's when I was like well Mayo may know a lot of things but they don't know everything and if they knew my story they would know I cannot get off of this pain medication. Because I know what I feel. I know the pain that I experience. I know that my mind is constantly hearing the signal of pain, pain, pain. Ouch. Like That's what I'm hearing nonstop. I know what that feels like. And and I know that I just need some type of relief. There's no way I can live without this. And they said, unless you go by this program, there's nothing that we can tell you. You've got to trust us on this, that it's not helping you. It's hurting you. You need to get off of the strong narcotics. So I did that, and they took a few days to wean me off of my medication. They didn't, didn't go as slow as I wanted them to go, but they got me off of the medication. And after just a few days, when I now had no more medication, my mind was freaking out because I had lived for 10, 15, 20 years to where my life was based on my next pain pill. So now mentally, I was going, I've got to have one. And and my body is going through literal withdrawals. And and I thought that I was going to die. I really did. I'll tell you this, I wanted to die. (laughs) Because I could not escape it. I just felt it. And it was a raw pain that I had not had in years because I could always numb it with the medicine. So I've got the anxiety. I've got the, the mental struggle. I've got the physical pain. And really just wishing that I could just be with Jesus it wasn't suicidal per se in terms of what some would think in terms of wanting to die like I, I wasn't there I'm just talking about I just wanted to be free from the pain if that makes sense well I feel like even as I'm telling this story I just feel like this is a real downer in here right now I feel like I was going Sir sure glad we got up and got to church today <laughs> I do apologize that it's it's a pretty heavy deal and uh I've never even told the story in details like this before, but we were talking about this series on stories and pastor Herbert asked me, said, would you be willing to tell your story of living with pain? I really had to process that and think about it because I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to focus on it. Uh, I, I don't like getting into the details and weeds of it because I just wanna, I want to fix my eyes on something a little bit happier. And so even if I've alluded to it while preaching, I've never told it the way I'm telling it right now. And so I, part of me also wants to apologize to be like, hey, I, I didn't want you to come today so that you could hear all about my story. It's not about me. But I want you to know that from one story to another, That we can learn from one another we can learn from god's word we can be encouraged by one another on how to persevere through pain so i got off of the pain medicine there at the 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 mayo clinic and and now it's a matter of learning to live with this pain well as a follower of jesus i know that god can heal and so i was begging god to heal me god please i would fast and pray I had people around the world praying for me, fasting and praying that God would take this pain away. Have you ever found yourself in a situation to where you know that God was able, and yet when you ask God to take some type of pain in your life, emotional pain, the pain of loss, physical pain, whatever it would be, and God chose to not remove the pain? Come on, have you ever had that happen before as a part of your story? And I was reminded of the Apostle Paul and, and, and how I was not unique because, I mean, you'll start thinking all kinds of thoughts. Is it that God doesn't like me? And, and there are some people, and their belief would be if you have pain in your life and you're not being healed, it's because you have sin in your life. Some people want you to think you have pain today, and it's because you've done something wrong. The only problem with that is that the Bible doesn't teach us that. Now, that's not a bad place to start because we do know that, that pain and death are the result of sin, so it's never a bad time to evaluate your heart. Never a bad time to go, God, is there something in my life that's bringing pain on myself? Because it's so, repent of that and stop doing it in Jesus' name, right? But just because you have pain doesn't mean it's because you have sin in your life. And I was encouraged to remind myself by that because uh, I read about the Apostle Paul. Remember what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12? he talks about how he had this thorn in the flesh, most likely some type of physical pain, different translations will will, uh, translate it in different ways. Some will, will call it this physical pain or this handicap, but we know Paul called it his thorn in the flesh and he asked God to take away that pain. And for whatever reason, God chose to not take Paul's pain away. Listen to it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. Paul says, Three different times I begged God to make me well again. Each time he said, No, but I'm with you. That is all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. I I love scripture. And I love God's promises. There's some of it I just don't understand. I'm like, yeah, but how cool would it be if you showed people your power through strong people? (laughs) Like That would be even better, Lord. Let's pick up in verse nine. Paul says, after he asked the Lord three times to make him well again, he says, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then... I am strong. Oh, that word will sustain you. That word will refresh you. That word will encourage you if you can get it into your spirit, because when I'm plagued with pain, that's not where my mind naturally goes. I don't naturally go to, so I'm going to delight in this. I'm like, no, it's about to kill me, and it'd be great if you could just take it away from me, Lord. I want out of it. I want away from from it, but we can learn from God's word how to put pain in its proper place. And I want you to know, just like Paul, you can learn to persevere through pain and even delight in the fact that God's presence with you in the midst of pain is greater than being away from God and free from pain. Let me just answer our talk together with a a couple of answers to this question, and it will form just a path of how we will process our pain. What do you do When God chooses to allow you to live with pain for those of us who have begged for God to to take it away and he hasn't yet what do we do point number one here's the first thing we do this spend time with the healer When you're living with a pain that won't go away, the worst thing in the world that you can do is to run from him, but I would say run to him. Just because God has not taken away that pain in your life does not mean that he has ceased to be your healer. How many of you understand that God's healing power is bigger than, deeper than, and greater than any one single pain in our lives? His healing is stronger, it's richer it's fuller than my simple request for God to take this away. Plus, when I think about running from God, because a lot of people do. When God doesn't answer when, when God doesn't answer how, they ask him to or want him to, you know what their response is? They get mad or angry at God, and so they run from God. They're mad at God. They're gonna run away from God. But I can just tell you with all of my struggles, that was never an option for me. You know why? Where am I going to go? Like, I'm mad at God because I don't understand how he's working, but I'm going to run from God to what? What's my better option? A lot of people want to self-medicate. So you go to alcohol. They turn to illegal drugs or prescription drugs that they abuse, and they're trying to dumb that down. They're trying to numb themselves. They're trying to mask that. But listen, when you're doing that, you're not making your pain go away. You're bearing it with more problems that will produce greater pain. You're not healing scars. You're creating them. I couldn't run from God. i got to spend time with the healer. It's okay to be real, it's okay to talk to God, it's okay to be frustrated, it's okay to ask for his help, but then trust how he chooses to provide that help. Paul says, I found that in those moments, even though he did not take it away, I found that his grace was sufficient. It was enough. God will never leave you short of what you need. But God will allow the pain at times to show you and to show me things that he needed to bring to our attention or things that he would use to develop us. Let me give you a couple of thoughts on this. It's not a matter of we get mad or angry at God, and so now all of a sudden I'm going to stop trusting in him. Listen to this. Pain will never kill your commitment to God. It will simply reveal your commitment to God. Never blame your pain as the reason why you don't trust God anymore. Pain cannot kill your trust or your commitment in God. It will simply reveal the level that was there. And so when you run to God, what you're saying is, I'm going to continue to trust you even when I don't understand you. And here's something else I learned about running to the healer is that my personal comfort is a priority to me, but my personal character is a priority to God. Like God cares more about who I'm becoming in the midst of my pain and for my own children, there are things that I see at times that, that are not comfortable to them or cause them momentary pain. And as a father's heart, you want to come in and rescue. You want to come in and just and take them and, prote- and care for them. But it's my true love for them at times that says, I'm going to allow them to walk through this because I can see what's on the other side of this. They don't understand that all oftentimes, but what I do ask is if you don't understand it, would you just trust me that I love you? And that's what God wants us to know when we're saying, God, where are you? God, I'm confused. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm hurting. Why won't you take away the pain? And we say, where are you, God? His answer is Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things, somebody say all things. Come on, shout all things. We know that in all things, not for all things, but in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Where are you, God? He says, I'm with you and I'm working for you, even in the midst of your pain. Don't run from the healer, run to him. There's a second thing. What do we do when God doesn't take the pain away? Number two, we choose to refuse to waste your pain. If you're battling with some type of pain or area of pain in your life, and if you're going through it, you may as well find purpose in it because the greatest, most difficult, most unbearable pain imaginable is pain without purpose. It's pain that I have to carry, but there is no, there's no return. It's, it's pain that I'm living with, but there's no silver lining. It's a storm that I'm going through, but there's never going to be a break in the clouds. That is the most despairing of all. But when you live with this understanding that you can w- not refuse to waste it and you can actually redeem your pain, you, when, you, when you realize that you can profit from your problems, it will change the way you process Your pain, Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You know what Jesus is saying? Everybody's story is going to have an element or a measure of pain. None of us are exempt as long as you are here on this earth, how many of you discovered about the time you get through some financial difficulty, now you've got a health issue, right? Then you get through your health issue, now you've got something going wrong in your marriage. Everything's okay with your marriage, now you've got problems with your kids. Everything's okay at home, but now work is like hell on earth. Is this truth right here? And Jesus is going, Why are you acting surprised? I'm just telling you straight up in this world you're going to have problems but it doesn't stop there he says be of good cheer this does not tell the whole story i have overcome the pain and the problems of this world you can find purpose in your pain but it's got to be intentional because pain never leaves you the way it finds you pain doesn't leave you neutral pain will change you one way or the other your pain is either changing you for the better or for the worse. Your pain will either cause you to become bitter or better, but it will not leave you the same. You've got to learn to find purpose in your pain. What about instead of asking why, God? What if we asked what, God, are you teaching me? I know that he teaches me a dependence on him. It's humbling to live with back pain. Some, I could give you a million examples, but. But one is, when you're traveling with your pregnant wife, and this happened years ago, and I'm traveling with Casey, here she is, expecting a child, and we're on the airplane, and I can't lift my own suitcase, because Casey lifts the suitcase, or when we're packing the car, Casey's having to pack the car, I can't lift the suitcases, so here we are on an airplane, and I'm standing there, right there going, man, I wish that I could lift this, but instead, my pregnant wife is over there, hoisting up a big, you know, suitcase and putting it, and I got a guy staring me down, judging me, yeah, how many guys know that's embarrassing right there he's looking at me like you sorry pathetic excuse for a husband I was like you don't know me I mean I'm just in that moment going this is humiliating I do know that God has used my pain to humble me to cause me to say it's not about my image to cause me to say I know that there are people who won't understand me in life it's not easy but I know he's humbled me I know he's used it to speak to me. I know that God talks to me in my moments of weakness. C.S. Lewis says it this way. God speaks to you in your pleasures, but he shouts to you in your pain. Pain is God's megaphone. In those moments when we're hurting, we're pretty committed to listening when we're running to the healer. Find purpose in your pain by your own personal growth. Find purpose in your pain by how you can impact others. There's a story to be told that comes from your suffering. There's a story to be shared, and we can impress people with our strengths, but we will impact people through our weaknesses, our vulnerability, You can make a difference when you're not focused on your own pain, but through your own story of suffering, you're actually committed to helping others navigate their own trials. Who's better to help someone going through a divorce than someone who has lived through and overcome the pain of a divorce? The story from your suffering can have a purpose to make a difference in someone else's lives. Some of you were abused as children. You live with pain from that. But what if you found purpose in your pain and you don't allow the devil to have all of the celebration because of the pain? Instead, you take the stick out of his hand that he's been using to beat you up for years and now you start loving on people who are going through difficult situations. You start caring for kids who are going through abuse and all of a sudden you've taken the stick out of the devil's hand that he was using to beat you up and now you're beating him all the way back to hell because you found purpose in your pain who better to help a family raising a special needs child than someone who's lived through that long hard difficult road of going through that situation there's purpose in your pain one of the ways that we deal with pain is by not being focused merely on ours but how can we make a difference in someone else's your greatest sense of purpose can come out of your deepest sense of pain third and the final thought and we'll wrap up and it's this what do you do when God chooses to allow you to live with your pain. Number three, you keep your eyes on the long game. In other words, you don't fall into the trap of thinking that your current reality is your forever forecast. It's not a denial of your pain, it's an acknowledgement of a greater reality and that is, is that my pain has an expiration date. It's not going to be this way for me forever. Man, I wish it was gone today. When I can't sleep at night, when I'm pacing for just about every night of my life, I'll wake up due to the pain, and I have to get up and walk around two, three times a night, sometimes stay up for an hour, two hours, three hours because of the pain. I can't take medication anymore. I've had to learn to live above my pain. It's easier during the day. It's not easy, but it's easier because I can just, like, distract myself. It's one of the ways I cope with my pain. As I learn to keep my mind focused on something else, even my mind is getting the signal of pain, pain, pain. Ouch. I can silence that by, by distracting myself with other thoughts. But you know what? At night, it's very, very dark and it's very difficult. There's nothing to distract me. It's hard. It's challenging. But can I tell you in those moments, more than ever, more than any other, the thought of heaven is sweeter than I can describe. It reminds me that there's pain for a moment, but that joy comes in the morning. It's a reminder to me that it may be a storm going on around me right now, but there will be a day when the clouds will part, and I don't have to be stuck thinking that this is my forever reality excited about heaven and look forward to heaven where there are no more migraines no more back pain no more burning legs no more pain in the feet i can't wait i'm looking forward to it when i was checking out of the mayo clinic one of the things that they have you to do is they have you meet with a team of doctors these are some of the world's best these are doctors literally from across the globe who come in and they serve as the experts in their field and they're dealing with chronic pain for which there to this point has been no cure. It's kind of an intimidating room. You've got all these doctors who speak different languages and they bring you in and they're they're studying your situation because they want to learn and grow. And I'll never forget when I went in to meet with this council and I was in that room around that large conference table and this lady doctor from Germany Takes her glasses and looks over, brings them down a little bit and looks over at me. And she said, first of all, you're going to have to get honest and be truthful about your situation before you can have any relief. And I was confused by what she meant. They had put me through all kinds of psychological testing, physical testing, all kinds of Q&A and studies, whatnot, that they were just measuring and all of this testing going on to come up with their recommendation of how to proceed. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean I'm not being honest? She said, well, we've looked at all of your testing. And she said, and it's not adding up. And you're not going to get any type of help until you first begin to be honest. But according to all of the scores on all of your different tests, a person in your condition should live with severe depression. But you're telling us that you're not depressed. She said, You need to acknowledge it so that you can get help with it. Furthermore, she said, As we look at all of the data, we see that someone with your level of pain should be suicidal. But you're telling us that you're not suicidal. And I was like, Oh, hold on, Jesus. I see what you're doing, I see that there's purpose in my pain. I don't know what all it's about. I don't know all the ways God's humbling me, growing me, teaching me, drawing me close to him, how he's going to use my pain for someone else's introduction. But I knew there in that moment, God had just teed it up. And he said, go get him, preacher. I was like, well, I think I can explain that. And man, I did not hold back. And I thought everybody in this room is about to hear about Jesus. And I talked to them about the joy of the Lord be in my strength. I talked about a peace that passes all understanding. Why? Because pain may be a part of my story, but pain is not going to write my story. The devil is not the author of my story. God is writing my story. I don't know what kind of pain you're going through, but I want you to know it may be some of what is said. But it doesn't have to dictate your life. You don't have to live as a victim to your pain. It doesn't have to call the shots. It doesn't have to determine your joy or your peace. You can set your eyes on the one who said, oh, you may have to go through it for a season, but you're not stuck there. I'm not going to leave you there. There's coming a day where there's no more sickness, no more pain, no more heartache, no more depression, no more anxiety. Fix your eyes on eternity. Sometimes I have to borrow some hope from tomorrow to bring it into my pain for today. But I refuse to allow my pain to be my story. Listen, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away.